Hello, I'm Bob Bragdon, and you're listening to CSO Executive Sessions. CSO Executive Sessions is a twice-monthly podcast produced by CSO and IDG. Each episode, we sit down with leading security and risk executives to get their take on the challenges faced by their organizations. Today, we're on the line speaking with Tim Youngblood, the Corporate Vice President and Chief Information Security Officer at McDonald's, the world's leading global food service retailer with over 37,000 locations in more than 100 countries. Before joining McDonald's, Tim also held the CISO role at both Kimberly Clark and Dell. Tim's also a 2020 inductee into CSO's Hall of Fame. Tim, congrats on the Hall of Fame and thanks for joining us. It's great to speak with you again. All right. So Tim, tell us about your role at McDonald's and the, the general types of risks that your team addresses. Yeah, so um, been at McDonald's for, uh, for three years now and then uh, coming into the company, uh, of course, McDonald's had a, a uh, soft spot in my heart as a child growing up, as it does with <laughs> many people. I can only imagine what was your oh, favorite yeah. menu item, Bob? Which one was it? Oh, I'm a Happy Meal guy. Happy <laughs> Meal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always been a quarter pounder with cheese for me. I'm, I'm glad, you know, that since I got on the menu, it's never gone off. Uh, but people look at McDonald's as, uh, you know, the largest uh, quick serve restaurant or QSR in the, uh, in the world. And in fact, arguably started that, that whole category. Mm -hmm. um, 36,000 restaurants globally. You know, the company's in more than uh, 100 countries, um, just, you know, amazing volume of, uh, of customers that come in. 64 million a day go to wow. a McDonald's um, and employs uh, people and has generated so much wealth around the world. 2.2 uh, million people um, have McDonald's as their, their badge of employment. Mm -hmm. So one of the largest employers in the world as well. Um, and also known for being one of the largest real estate companies and yeah. uh, one of uh, the largest toy companies in the world, thanks to the Happy Meal. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, a lot going on. So you think about McDonald's as, uh, you know, your, your favorite restaurant as a kid and growing up with it and having your favorites. And, and I thought of it in that same state as well. But when you get behind the doors, you realize that <clears throat> this company does actually a lot of innovations, right? And you've seen it through menu innovations, right? They moved along the lines of creating the thing like the fish fillet was an innovation mm -hmm. for it. It wasn't a, uh, a sandwich like that in the market. Nuggets, you know, McNuggets was an innovation. And they've been Go doing on, that. McRibs. <laughs> yeah, McRibs. <laughs> Shamrock Shake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the listeners should be getting hungry right now. So. <laughs> I know I am. So, in addition to that, uh, they've driven drive-through, right? Drive-through is mm -hmm. one of the unique McDonald's innovations. So the company has always been good at that packaging, even you know, just transition that packaging to getting it to scale for good. Mm -hmm. um, and they're continuing that, but now doing it as more or less a technology company. And you know, McDonald's has been transitioning to a tech company really for the last uh, seven, eight years. Mm -hmm. um, they were really out in front in uh, driving um, a digital ecosystem. They started that transformation, you know, that long ago. So if you look at the uh, mobile app 
you know, which has been in the top 10 in the App Store many times. It's number one or number two in, in its category. Uh, kiosk systems, you know, we were one of the first to have those in the restaurants. Uh, digital menu boards, you know, mm-hmm. with uh, intelligent uh, uh, displays, um, and then delivery, right? We were um, for quite a while the only quick service restaurant that Uber Eats delivered. So, you know, <laughs> we have been on the forefront and continue that since I've been with McDonald's. Uh, McDonald's has invested in um, a data analytics company, um, invested in a mobile tech company, and a voice analytics company. So, yeah. um, my realization in being here is that I'm actually part of a tech company, right? That yeah. looks like a burger company on the outside. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, that really, um, you know, drives my mindset in my role as being, you know, the uh, chief information security officer is like, how do I protect, you know, these critical assets that now drive uh, a big bulk of our business. And, you know, my job is to align the company on how we address and mitigate technology risk. That's really mm-hmm. what I do. Right. And, you know, I'm responsible for driving a, a singular framework on how we see and manage risk and how we build a risk aware culture into the ecosystem of McDonald's, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, you just think about those 2.2 million people, we all have to start thinking around the same ways of, you know, how do we protect our customers? How do we protect ourselves? How do we protect the, the brand, right? And that's right. ultimately my responsibility to drive all of that. And, you know, I work really closely with, um, you know, our partners and our internal partners and also, uh, you know, the external teams we work with, you also got to think about all the uh, suppliers that we work with. We have one of the largest supply chains in the world, too. Mm-hmm. So that entire system is huge. And it's my responsibility to bring those people together, too. And to make sure everybody knows that uh, risk management is everyone's responsibility, right? Yeah. It's not, you know, a singular employee or a singular vendor we're working with. We're all in the same ecosystem and we're all responsible for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a lot of discussions about, uh, you know, how do we make sure we keep security uh, upstream and not downstream, right? And what I mean by that is how do we make sure that as we're thinking about these innovations, we're also at the very beginning thinking about what's the best way to secure them? What's the best way to make sure they're safe? Um, how do we make sure we build on the confidence, you know, that our customers have in us? And that's critical for our executive team. And um, when I talk with our board of directors, um, you know, their two main concerns are <clears throat> food safety and cybersecurity. You know, those are the two major wow. things, right? Yeah. So, you know, in my role, I have a big responsibility in making sure we, uh, we maintain and hit the expectations of that. And, uh, and I provide, you know, to the board, to senior leadership metrics to measure that success. Mm-hmm. So that's a big part of my job is, you know, establishing, you know, what those uh, bold goals are that we're going to drive to and uh, ensuring that, uh, you know, we have external assessments to kind of match our reality. Mm-hmm. So I have that, ex- that uh, responsibility to make sure that I'm measuring where, what success we want to get to, seeing how we get there and then testing to make sure that we're actually there. Mm-hmm. And so that's a big part of, of uh, you know, my responsibility and what my job's really all about. Mm-hmm. That's great. So how did the pandemic change the security landscape for you? Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, uh, the pandemic is interesting because I, I, I see the things that we're doing that uh, some of our peer groups are doing. And I look at it as like uh, it's um, 
old wine and new bottles, right? Mm -hmm. We've said that before. You know, yeah. some of the same risks that we had before the pandemic are, you know, the same risks we have today. And um, they just have been accelerated in, in many ways. So when people were slowing down quite a bit, um, my team was actually building up. We were going faster with plans we already had in place. And, you know, we think about it. We moved the entire workforce to remote, an entire yeah. workforce, you know, uh, you know, the inclusive 2.2 million people remote working is incredible. Um, we unfortunately had to close down restaurants, which, um, you know, happened to us and all of our peer companies to some degree, but we are lucky in some regards because of the, our footprint and we saw the issues happening in China and we were able mm -hmm. to prepare for them as things started to go around the world globally. Yeah, so you actually hit some foresight into that because you were because of your big presence in in China. Yeah, that that was really a huge advantage that we had over uh, you know a lot of other companies who you know it was still kind of a a rumor more than anything. Right, we saw the right. reality of it and how it was impacting our business and then how we needed to respond to that. Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the good news for us is that we had that digital ecosystem already well matured, and so you know we kept. Um, you know, many of our operations intact and running. I think the most we had as far as closed restaurants around the globe was about 9,000 out of 36,000 around the globe. Wow, that's not too bad. No, no, we kept uh, just about all in the U.S. open the whole time. Yep. So we were still able to deliver, you know, our, our, uh, our products out through the delivery channel and the mobile app mm -hmm. and, you know, through pickup. And we had the infrastructure in place. So, you know, there's that, uh, that old meme that says, you know, who drives your digital transformation, the CEO, the CIO, or COVID-19? Well, you know, <laughs> we, we already had it. We already had it with, uh, you know, our former leadership investing in this, and we were reaping the benefits and then trying to figure out, okay, how do we even make it better than this? Yeah. And, um, you know, we saw, of course, uh, threats and, and uh, attempts that everyone saw around COVID-19, phishing attacks, you know, those things happen. We had to take another look at, you know, what really is the endpoint now and, and reassess yeah. you know, what our endpoint technology is now that we're really expansive into every home, you know, of our employees. And also under the model, because we had designed all this with the expectation that people would eventually go into the office, you know, right. that way we would have some control and updates and everything. Now we're in the model where they just never will come into office again. And how do we make sure yeah. we maintain the same type of, uh, you know, security and talent? So we made some changes to our endpoint. Uh, we increased the, the amount of monitoring we had uh, across, you know, the entire ecosystem. And, um, you know, we adjusted and you mm -hmm. know, it worked out well because we were able to maintain what our company needed most from us is, uh, is making sure that digital ecosystem stayed up. Yeah. So what, what kind of risks are you generally addressing today? And, and do they vary much around the world? Yeah, um, you know, they, they do vary a bit, but ultimately the, the risks that we're dealing with have to do with threats to our digital ecosystem, right? Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm mostly concerned about, uh, you know, attack attempts against the mobile app and that, and that cloud infrastructure that's it's attached to. Um, I'm, uh, severely concerned about the supply chain because uh, we have, you know, so many critical partners around the globe that uh, help with uh, the delivery directly to the restaurant that, you know, could impact and cripple our business. Um, and then, of course, you know, uh, because of our brand and the fact that we're um, so well known around the world, we are 
um, targets of, uh, of direct attacks against our executive team. And so yeah, yeah. That, that executive protection is a, a big part of our job and making sure they're able to do what they need to do and, um, you know, drive the, uh, the value that the company needs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the role of securities jumped to the forefront in 2020 and, and we've seen really a lot of businesses struggle to get their arms around the risks that are inherent in the new work environment. What's your secret to balancing risk and business opportunity? I mean, in other words, how do you keep out of the way of the business without exposing the business to undue risk? Yeah, that, that's a, a great question, right? Because, um, you know, oftentimes uh, security organizations are, are known as uh, the hammer and everything's the nail. Yeah, right, right. You know, that's not necessarily a recipe for success, um, <laughs> particularly when people try to avoid you, right? And uh, I remember uh, telling an executive, I'm not worried about what I know, I'm worried about what I don't know. So mm-hmm. those, mm-hmm. those are important to me. So you've got to be, um, you know, a organization that is open enough to uh, allow people to, to work with you and want to work with you, right? So mm-hmm. for us, technology is a driver for our business. And um, it's critical for me that uh, risk management is part of the business. It's not a, a subset of it. It's a part of it, right? So, right. you know, as uh, you know, we're going through any of our strategic efforts, um, it's critical that um, we're trying to assess what are the risks, not only from a geopolitical and, you know, a supply chain or, you know, functional issue, but cyber has got to be at the forefront. So I'm a big mm-hmm. part of our enterprise risk management organization where yeah. we discuss that and cyber risk is a top tier risk there. So any strategy that goes through the company is um, assessed through ERM as well. And, you know, we take, uh, we take this very seriously and it's an integrated part. So from ideation to development to deployment, you know, risk is there along the way, right? So we're mm-hmm. not something you think about right at the very end or just one time and don't think about it again. Right. You know, we've got a part of every aspect of, you know, all of these kind of innovations, all of the operation aspect. And it's also recognizing the fact that as a company, we have to take smart risk, right? Always going to be risk. And we've got to look at impact likelihood and what makes sense for our business. And I mm-hmm. think ultimately that's what uh, the leadership expects from me. They realize that, you know, we'll never be a hundred percent safe, right? Um, this is not going to be uh, Fort Knox by any means, right? We, mm-hmm. we have to make sure that we're uh, assessing, you know, where it makes sense for us to continue to drive the business, accept the risk and move forward and where it makes sense to say, wait, let's stop, let's reevaluate, let's put in the right controls and then let's go. And I think we've done a great job of that in, in this leadership and giving them the information they need to make the right decision is critical. So that's a big part of how you balance it. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, do you think that because of what's everything that's happened in 2020, right? Um, that was uh, the pandemic was one of those events that was really low likelihood, right? When we looked at it every year, when every business looked at it, said, oh, well, so we, should we plan for a pandemic? Yeah, we'll do that next year. Does that change the way that you look at risks? Um, other risks going forward, you know, some of these things that were low likelihood, well, maybe they're not that low a likelihood. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I guess there's a reason why they have a, this thing called the black swan, right? Cause yeah, right. <laughs> 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 you know, if it didn't exist, it wouldn't be there, but 
that is one of the, the critical parts. And I think a big part of my responsibility in driving risk management is making sure that we have a good collection of what those risks are, right? Yeah. And getting, you know, the business to um, identify, right? That risk identification is, is critical. Um, you know, we may make a decision that, okay, you know, the likelihood is uh, so remote so far, we're going to make a uh, objective decision not to do anything here, right? right. And, and that's okay. What's bad is when you don't recognize it at all. Right? And that's, that's a really good point. Yeah, and that's, really that's where it's important. And the other part to this, you know, what we do along with our ERM committee is we reevaluate. And, mm -hmm. you know, the risk recaptured, you know, maybe we realized the likelihood was low, but business conditions have changed, right? Mm -hmm. Conditions in the country change. And, you know, how do we make sure that, uh, you know, we're, we're taking in that new information that comes in as, as real time as we can. Yeah. So as we're speaking, it's National Cybersecurity Awareness Month here in the U.S. Um, I'd like to get your take on what you see as the greatest cybersecurity challenge facing the nation today. Yeah, I, I, it's important for us to all realize and understand uh, the connectedness of us all, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I don't think we, 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 uh, we take enough time to really realize that ultimately we are all connected in this. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, Bob, we've been in um, conferences before, and, and this has been said, an attack against one of us is attacking against all of mm -hmm. us, right? And, you know, we, we've got to get closer to that. Um, you know, we all have a heavy reliance on big cloud providers now. Mm -hmm. heavy reliance on it. There was a, a used cloud provider that had an issue uh, last week. I won't yep. name the name of that provider, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it impacted, uh, you know, many, many, many customers of that, that provider, which I would assume go across the globe and mm -hmm. was not able to use services there. Right. Um, and they continue to have challenges this week as well. So it's mm -hmm. a good sort of sign of like, okay, you know, we are all in this together, right? We've got to recognize. I don't think very many of my peers have necessarily great um, plans in place uh, to recover from a cloud uh, disaster. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, the cloud is your backup plan. Exactly. It's <laughs> exactly. It's one of those things, you know, with the executives going, when are we coming back up? Like, when they say so. That's when we're coming yeah. back up. Right? <laughs> But it, it, uh, it's a point uh, as far as cybersecurity goes to say, hey, we are connected. So when I see something that's odd, I need to be in a position where I can share that, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we, we're part of the retail hospitality ISAC. And, yep. You know, we do information sharing with them. And, you know, um, I, I don't care if you're with Wendy's or Burger King or whatever. Sure. Something I can do to help you, I'm expecting you're going to also provide that back to me because we are connected regardless of repairs or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever been to Ireland? Ireland is one of my favorite. In fact, you know, officially, I'm a king in Ireland. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I used to have a big team in Ireland, and um, they took me out to this uh, castle in Limerick called uh, Bunratty Castle, and yeah, I got crowned a, a king in that castle. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we got royalty on the other end here. Like, <laughs> so there's this there's this um, beautiful prehistoric hill fort in the Aran Islands outside of County Galway, and it's called uh, Donangosa. 
And we wrote a story about it way back in 2005. And it, but I love this story because this is a fort, and, and you can Google it, look it up. It sits atop the cliffs of the coast, and where it's not protected by this sheer 300-foot cliff, it's surrounded by these concentric dry stone walls and ditches. Uh, and a cheval de frise, which is basically a littering of these huge boulders that are closely spaced around the perimeter. Uh, you know, it's a classic example of, of perimeter defense and defense in depth. And of course, we don't build defenses like that anymore because <laughs> as time evolved, right, those defenses of walls and ditches and cheval de frise didn't keep the attackers out. Talk a little bit, if you would, about where you think security could be improving and doing a more effective job than it is today. Yeah. And, and by the way, I think my my old team tricked me into a scavenger hunt in that location once. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, fond memories of, of Ireland. Um, yeah, an, an improvement. It's uh, interesting to me that um, you know we've got an, an over focus on detective controls. I think. Mm -hmm. and, and what I mean by that is that uh, we're we're all ways uh, looking and we have all these tools and services that are searching, trying to find the problem. And what I think we need to move more to is just the preventative side of yeah. security, right? And the fact that we all realize that something is gonna happen, it's going to happen, right? You know, and the, the chances of you um, finding the needle in the haystack is pretty slim, mm -hmm. um, and, unless you've got perfect information. And I don't know anyone with perfect information. I don't care what right. your security budget is. And so how do you focus in on the preventative side of this? You know, how do you limit the impact? You know, mm -hmm. what are those tools that are in place to do that? You know, when I look at, you know, solution sets like uh, data loss prevention, DLP, I see that as that has failed for us. Honestly, I don't know anybody in my peer group who, who has said, I love my DLP. I get so much value out of it. <laughs> Doesn't mean there's not a place for that. And I'm, and I'm sure there's plenty of, uh, you know, compliance requirements across industries for it, but the, the bigger value of it has been missed, I think. And you could argue in the, in the SIM world is very similar. You know, a lot of, a lot of phase around SIM from the fact that people just don't, I mean, they, they get a billion events, but, do they actually find the one that matters? And yeah. I, I, you know, I, I see very few of my peers that are able to say my sim saved me from this. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't hear that. And so, you know, for me, I think we, we've got to have a, a, a focus in on what's really the preventative. And I see in the industry us moving towards the, uh, the SOAR platforms. So, yep. you know, the security orchestration, automation and response, and that's getting into action into doing something right away. And uh, that's closer to the preventative for me. And it's mm -hmm. still kind of early days for many of us in, in the SOAR world. Um, it is the new hot buzzword for the most part, but I, I think it's more in the direction of where we need to be. Mm -hmm. So, all right, final question for you. What's the best career or leadership advice you've either received or given? Yeah, so, so much. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, many, many years of uh, learning opportunities for me. Um, I do recall that, uh, you know, years ago, I took this assessment, business assessment uh, called the Insight Discovery, right? And mm -hmm. uh, many of you have probably taken that to where they assess you on a red, green, yellow perspective and you know, most people come out multiple colors. I remember when I first took that assessment, 
um, I was all red. I had no other. Right? <laughs> Time to go to security, right? <laughs> right. And my boss at the time looked at me and says, "You're gonna have to work on that." Right. So, <laughs> and uh, and 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 she was great and and helped me realize that you know you've got to bring people along with you, mm-hmm. and you know you can't just drive over them and think that uh, that's going to be successful. Leave bodies in the street and think that's going to be something that is long lasting. It doesn't work that way. So I think uh, it was a great learning lesson for me on uh, the usefulness of security awareness and Mm -hmm. using that as a communication tool of bringing everybody along. Mm -hmm. And it it made a huge difference, you know, and that's the best advice I ever had. And I'd give it to anyone today is, you know, make sure that you bring people along with you. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of CSO's Executive Sessions. We've been speaking with Tim Youngblood, Corporate Vice President and Chief Information Security Officer at McDonald's. Tim, as always, it was great to catch up with you and thanks for joining us. Thanks, Bob. CSO Executive Sessions shares the expertise and insights of leading security and risk executives. To learn more about how security and risk leaders are addressing today's dynamic risk environments, make sure to visit us at csoonline.com And be sure to catch future CSO executive sessions by subscribing to this podcast on csoonline.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time for CSO and IDG, I'm Bob Bragdon. This podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated.